all right, for others in the future. And welcome everybody to the Coaching Tools and Tips Meetup. Happy to have you here today. And um, our topic today is um, coaching from the East. And we have Andrew Lynn with us, who's going to be presenting. And um, I'm really excited to have this, um, to have Andrew, first of all. I've been knowing Andrew for a couple of years. He's a great coach. And um, I'm really excited to have him in. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about yourself, about himself, and tell you a little bit more about his topic as we go as we go on. Before we jump in, um, I think most of you have already updated your names to um, where you are in the world. It's really cool for us to see that we have an international audience here. We've got several from the US. We've got, um, um, Andrew is from Taiwan, but he's in Fairfax, Virginia. And then we've got Norway, Canada, um, so, so sorry, I, how do you say that, Amir? <laughs> All righty. Sariano. Okay. Waterloo, Pune, um, Toronto, Montreal. So have a good audience here. Um, different places around the world. So Mark is from Belgium. And welcome, everybody. And so, Andrew, I will go ahead and hand this over to you and let you get started. And um, thanks for joining us today. If you are, um, if you could all make sure that you're on mute, feel free to ask questions and interact. But when you're not talking, if you could stay on mute, that will help us with some of the um, background noise. All right. Well, good day, everyone. Can you see the screen that I'm sharing? The PowerPoint style? Yes. Good. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm not sharing the wrong screens. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about a coaching from the East. Mainly there's two big topics, I Ching and Zen. Okay. And I like we to check in, but because we have quite a few people, so we would like to do an online group check-in. So usually people say, don't, when somebody's talking, don't look at your phone, but now we want you to put out your phone. Okay, so put up your phones and then put their URLs there, uh, www.menti.com. Yeah, we have several of the people who are joining right now. They're looking, they were getting the password. So thank you, Sherry, I was able to join with that password. Okay, awesome. Awesome, thank you. Okay, we'd like, okay, thanks for muting. Um, so if you could open your, take on your phone, open the page, put the code there, And that's check-in. And you can, you can have two options. You could have mixed feeling of you are happy or you are sad.
We'll give it another 30 seconds. Well, it's good to see everybody's happy. Um, like we always say, if you are mad, go talk to your coach. If you are sad, talk to your coach. If you are happy, you are fresh, you definitely need to talk to your coach. Um, Just don't talk to your coach when you're glad, right? <laughs> well, you could. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So, you know, um, I know we have several great coach in this group, so uh, reach out to them. So who am I? So my name is Andrew Lin. Uh, I'm a agile coach and I'm a licensed Scrum trainer. Um, we have enough certificate in the agile already. So why there's another one called licensed Scrum trainer? Um, Mark, do you know what a licensed Scrum is? <clears throat> license Scrum is, hi, I'm Mark. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, license Scrum is uh, the only endorsed uh, certification program by Jeff Sutherland, co-founder of Scrum. And <laughs> Great job, Mark. Great job. <laughs> okay, so Yes, um, and then I've been learning coach from Cherie since 2017. It's been three plus years so far. Um, I always say that it's two things happening to my journey. Uh, it's very inspiring. One is I had the opportunity um, to actually interview Jeff Sutter. The other is learning coach from Cherie. Uh, it's very unique experience for me. Um, so I've been coaching, teaching, uh, training team executive uh, to deliver twice the value in half the time. And I've been doing a lot of volunteer works, um, you know, translating Scrum Guide. Um, also, I think this year we're doing another um, Best HR articles. Um, so that's a lot of volunteer that I'm doing. And I always say volunteer is the best way to keep us moving. Um, you feel like you're part of the, the agile coaching communities. Um, I always encourage people to volunteer for any opportunity that we have. Also, uh, you can see the picture there. There was one person standing there, kind of staring at me, which is Jeff Sutherland. Uh, I have the honor to actually teaching Scrum in front of him. Um, he's a person that's not afraid to point out if you saying something that doesn't make sense. And lucky he didn't stop me. Um, also, I work and live in Fairfax, Virginia. I travel back to Taiwan several times a year, uh, clients there helping them. And my email is right here. Okay. So now, enough about me, because this is not about me, this is about you. So who are you? So again, Put out, uh, put down your phone yet. So that's another survey we like to conduct. So you should see it on your screen now. Are you seeing it? Okay, so you could put up 
five heads. Okay, you can make five options there. It's limited to five heads. And if you wear more than five, then you are crazy. <laughs> so we'd like to know who are you. Wow. Give it another 30 seconds. If you're like me, I don't know who I am and I'm always confused and there's an option for you. Okay, so looks like most of us are agile coach. We have professional coach here, scrum master, leaders, trainers, managers, great. And let me switch back here. And then we are going to learn some ancient wisdom from the East today. Okay. Now this talk is shared the very basic knowledge that I learned about two very big concepts. One is called I Ching and one is called Zen. Um, to be honest, I don't know if these are professional coaching at all. Okay, but I hope to spark some unconventional thinkings around these two topics. And this really just a tip of the iceberg. You know, you could spend your whole life studying just one part of this topic here. Any questions so far? And just feel free to chat using the chat window or anything if you have any questions. Okay, so we're gonna talk about Yi Ching's first. Now, Many years ago, when I was looking at the change management book, okay. So many years ago, I was looking at the change management books, you know, and I saw an article mentioned there's a Chinese book called the Book of Change, and I'm like, wait, that's what is that? And I realized the book is talking about Yi Ching. So Yi Ching. The English translation, translated name is called the Book of Change. And then sometimes we just say E. And Qin's means classics. Qin means a book. And then in the traditional Chinese philosophy, we always say there are four books and then five classics. So four plus five, that's nine. So basically they say like, okay, you need to read these nine books. Uh, and then Yi Qing is the top one on the classic. And it was written at about 3,000 years ago. And it's a book about change. And if you Google Amazon, you will see that's more than 20,000 results about book there. And this is just one of them. 
Now, it could actually a lot of people using I Ching for divinations, you know, something to predict the futures. And I actually seen people using that to predict the, you know, the pandemic that we are facing right now. When will it end? But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're just going to talk about very basic about I Ching. Okay, so E has a several meanings. Now, that's one thing about how confusing Chinese is. If you're just using one character, it's, you could interpret it in very different ways. And it's best to use two characters together. If you're just using one, unless you try to confuse people. So E has several meanings. First one is called Bian Yi. Now, the translation called Change, and that's why the book got this title, The Book of Change, because that's the first meaning of Yi, it means change. Now, change, we know, nothing stays the same, right? Can anyone give an example of what change is? I, I want this to be kind of like a conversation, you know, so feel free to jump in, just, just, what does change mean to you? Well, change is anything that changes the sta status quo, right? Okay, changing the status quo. Yeah, and to me, basically, the change is lean as well, because in lean, uh, there is no stagnation. You're either improving or you're degrading over time. But both cases are change, for the better or for the worse. Okay, so then... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, maybe being resilient to every situation. Okay, so nobody likes to change. Um, Isn't change life? Like everything in life is change all the time. It's like the most normal thing ever. Mm, yes. Change is the only constant thing in this world. Change is the only constant in the world. You must know what I'm going to talk about oh. next <laughs> because that's the next bullet point there. So, to for example... Change, to change is dispositioning a system or a subsystem from one state into another state. Good. Uh, change is upgradation. Something mm. sometimes by choice, sometimes by force. And when it is by choice, we say it's transformation. And when it is like by force, it's hard and difficult. Wow, we're touching um, quite many different um, points about change. And then it's improving change, uh, different state. Uh, change is only constant um changing is making something different so go ahead mark is improving change ah okay um um i had something to add here so if 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 i may quote mahatma gandhi uh, who famously said you must be the change you want to see in the world uh, which is in other words, all uh, changes are inevitable. We can also initiate personal change. 
so that we can rise up to a challenge and become a bigger and a better person as a result. I like the last part, be a better and a better person. Good. So for example, the, the COVID-19 that we are facing right now, that is changing how we work together. Um, and then you may be a manager, you want to be a leader, you may be you know, scrum master, you want to be an agile coach. So all these are the changing that, that we are facing every day. Wow, that's a lot of information. So yes, so somebody already mentioned this. Uh, so the E also means Fu Yi. So the Fu Yi means constant. Even everything changes, there is something stays the same. Like what? What's not changing? That we are going to die. Yeah. Although a lot of people try to you know, um, do something different. Yeah. Yes. Adapting to different situations. Adapting different situations. Yes. The most strong species to not survive is the species they're adapting. That can survive. So something is not changing. Go ahead, Mark. Knowledge and experience. Knowledge and experience. What do you mean by that? It will always be there. Okay. Good. Yeah. I feel uh, means if we consider the time horizon uh, from the beginning of uh, the universe uh, till the end of universe, uh, then there won't be even a single thing which is constant. It's just uh, contextual. If we consider maybe the uh, lifespan of a human being, uh, for example, in that lifespan, uh, maybe from the beginning uh, or uh, since the childhood till the end, uh, what I feel will remain the same. Uh, are probably the belief system and the core values. Uh, but if we consider it again uh, as a span of uh, a thousand years, then uh, some of the core beliefs and the value systems would have been changed to adapt. Great. I think the, so, the past doesn't change. That stays constant, but our perception of it and what we learn from it and do with it um, can change the future. In the similar lines, uh, the circumstance, how we see that things won't change, but, right? The, but it depends on how you see it. The circumstance always stays the same. Wow, I'm, I'm getting a lot of different ideas about this one. That, that's great. Uh, for example, we, we're living in the planet Earth and then sun rises in the east. So that doesn't change, at least the place that we're living right now. Um, I believe doing good things to others, I mean, that's the value that doesn't change. Or the only thing that doesn't change is change. If you put the change and constant together, did I just confuse everybody on that one? <laughs> it's changing, but it doesn't change. <laughs> Okay, so the, the third E, it could be interpreted as Gen E, that means simplicity. 
Now, a lot of us are Scrum Master, Agile, Coach here. Every time we heard the word simplicity, we jump right there saying like the art of maximizing the amount of work not done is essential. <laughs> so that's one of the 12 principles of the Agile Manifesto, I believe. Uh, although I always have question about that sentence because the sentence is not that simple to understand. Uh, so simple or sometimes we say simplicity is ultimate sophistication. So any example about simplicities? I think from the coaching world, the um, skill of bottom lining is a great example. So it's taking things that are long and complicated and just bottom lining it into one sentence, maybe two sentences. One sentence. I think we have a Zen master here today. Uh, later we'll find out uh, the so-called one sentence coaching. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, to uh, Shiri's point, short sentences. You like to make simple decisions and simple decisions have with short sentences, not with long sentences or many sentences. Wow. And another one is metaphors, because as humans, we're unable to grasp the enormity of emotions that we're exposed to, or at least we lack the language to explain them. We like to use metaphors to explain very complex things. You guys must have read all these PowerPoint already, because that's what we're going to talk about later. Um, so, so simple means like, you know, uh, uh, when iPhone first came out, I mean, does, does your phone come with a user guide? No, I mean, it doesn't, it, it, you, you could find one, but you don't need it, right? Shopping on Amazon.com, you don't need a user guide. Um, you just so, need your teenage kids to show you how to work it. Yes. <laughs> Or the one time I have a t-shirt and the t-shirt, the back of the teacher saying like, how to iron the t-shirt, ask your mom. <laughs> um, so I, I believe only if you make something simple, people can follow. If you want to make something powerful, you make it simple. Okay, so there is one, two, three. So we have four, three E's right now. So the last E is called Jiao Yi, which means interaction or transactions. Now, this means if there's no interactions, there's nothing will change or the change won't happen, right? So um, in the coaching conversations, there is interactions happening. So something is changing there. Okay. So the question will be, what does yijing has anything to do with coaching? Um, so mainly we talk about the two um, topics inside the four that we just talked about. One is the interaction, one is the change. So when you interact with somebody, something is changing. Agreed? Okay. Yes, agree to it. Yes. 
Okay, go ahead, Mark. Only, Thank you. only if you listen. <laughs> okay, yes, only if you are listening. I, I agree to what Mark said. <laughs> and actually, who should be listening more? Yeah, but it would be changing your perception about uh, the person with whom you are speaking. If uh, he or she is not listening, then uh, you are also making adjustment in a, your communication style and how you would try to effectively deliver your message so that you can bring in the change which you like. Okay, so, so the coaching conversation could happen one-to-one. -one. It could happen one-to-many. Now, I would not recommend you do many coaches with one client because I think uh, we tried it one time with Matt and then some other coach. Uh, it was pretty interesting um, for the client, but the client is very confusing because everybody jump in with different angles. Um, so as a coach, so now we talk a little bit about the, the, the agenda, right? So, so we always say that as a coach, um, don't try to solution the, the problem. And then don't, it's not a problem, right? And then as a coach, your agenda to, is to have no agenda. You come in, in a coaching conversation, you should not have any agenda. Now, if you think about that, or when I first learned coaching, I had to keep reminding myself saying like, it's not your problem, Andrew. You have to keep reminding yourself. But when I'm reminding myself, I have my own agenda. My agenda is have to have no agenda. I know that sounds a little bit zen, which is part of what we're going to be talking about. Um, so instead of on so-called no agenda, I, I think there's something called empty agenda. So, OK. Like water. Now that is Bruce Lee talking. So, so there's a video there. The Bruce Lee talk about waters. Okay, it, it's like water. Now, um, I believe Matt mentioned about metaphor. Now Chinese love to use water as a metaphor, and there is, there is something called sang san ruo shui, shui san li wang wu bu zhen. So the best virtue is like water. So water benefits all things, but ask for nothing. Should we as a coach be like water? Yes, no, different opinion? Yes, I agree. And yes, yeah. Yes, totally agree, absolutely. Okay, so we should be like water. Um, okay, okay, that that sentence is from Tao, which is another big topic that we can explore uh, next time. Um, but so, coach and coaches. Now we're talking about the two persons in the conversation. So, who is the host, and who is the guest? I love that question. And I'm inclined to say that the client is the host and the coach is the guest. They're inviting you in to witness their process. Yes, I, I agree, Sherry. 
I agree. I agree. I agree too. As uh, someone can only be coached when that person wants to be coached. So the person invites you. So I would say that coach is the host and coachy is the guest. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so now we cannot, okay, any questions so far? In the conversation, Andrew, it could be um, either way or vice versa. Initially, um, Kochi is the host and later it could be changed. When Kochi is like creating the uh, environment and the trusting relationship, opening up the um, deep diving with the question, then he's hosting or she's hosting. But the initiative, Kochi uh, will take. He will be host first. Hmm. You know, sometimes we invite people and then invite the, they invite us back, kind of this. That kind of remind me every time I talk to Mark, he become the host. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so, so I always say, if you don't have a question, I'll ask you a question. So the question is, does anyone know what is 20, 50, 30 principles? Is it the Pareto principle? So there's a principle called 20, 50, 30. Is it the 80, 20 of Pareto? That, that uh, no, 80% of the work is done by 20% of people? <clears throat> so, okay, so, so 20, 50, 30. So it's about so-called the, the, the change management, right? So usually as a rule of thumb, 20% uh, of the people will support your efforts. You know, if you try something new, these people are gonna be like, why are we doing this now? We should, did, we should doing this like three months ago. You know, I'm in, I'm signed up, I'm jumping, you know, and then 50% is kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know, that sounds good, but I'm not sure. Right, and then thirty percent of the people will always, you know, try to destroy, you know, the the, the systems. Um, the, this sometimes we'll say the thirty percent may be uncoachable or untrainable. Though so these people just don't like the ideas. Um, I always say it's. It's the timing things. They are not ready yet, or they are not there yet. Um, some, other some other people might say, you know, get the right bus, right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus. Um, I I'm gonna use one example. So I have a, a retail client. Uh, they want to do the digital transformations. And they're still doing the same way they've been doing for 20 years but they want something more modern and they call it, you know, modernized IT or that kind of stuff. Um, so every time I talk about transformation, I talk about how, how I can help you coaching all this stuff, they're not listening. You know, they just want like, okay, just move everything to AWS. That's what we care about. 
Now, two weeks ago, suddenly they have to close all their stores. And now they are listening. They said, Andrew, how can I make sure that we know what everybody is doing? How can we make the work transparent? And then, you know, it, I think it's just the timing issues uh, for, for transformation to happen. As a coach, how you help people, sometimes they, they just don't see the value there. Um, you know, I don't think it's that they are not coachable. It just, they're not ready yet. And if you change nothing, nothing will change, right? Um, so now we are talking about the, the, the idea called Shuhari. Coaching with Shuhari. Now, anyone know what Shuhari is? Yes, I know. I think pretty much everybody knows. So, so what is Shuhari? Can somebody tell me what is Shuhari? Yeah, so shoe means that being disciplined, following the mentor all the time. Ha means that a slight deviation, you have your own set of rules. And re means that coming out with your own ideas that includes but not limited to innovation, automation, and then completely breaking from the shackles of the mentor on the rigid rules. So this is my understanding of shoe and re. Mark kind of doing this. Mark is a Aikido master, so what, what do you think of Shuhari is? Well, Shu is actually means literally follow. It means that you need to learn the techniques. Like I've practiced 20 years of karate, you learn the techniques first. You follow the sensei. That's Shu. Ha is actually mastering the, those techniques, but doing it over and over and over again, multiple, uh, multiple times. Uh, and re is actually get yourself cut off or cut yourself uh, from your master or from your sunset. So it means that you actually uh, learn how to play the game and develop your own techniques, uh, become your own sunset. Thank you, Sensei. So that is the <laughs> Shuhari that we are all aware of. Um, so sometimes it's kind of interesting. Um, we all think that we are read, right? I'm the master of the domains. I know everything. Um, but it could be vice versa. You know, Mark is the master, but he always thinks that he knows nothing. Man knows everything, and then man is always very humble. And that's bring to a very uh, two interesting concept. It's called imposter syndrome that we talk about in coaching all the times. And the other one is called Dunning-Kruger effect. So imposter syndrome, does anybody know these two? I know imposter syndrome. I don't know that I know the Dunning-Kruger effect. Both of them are similar, basically. It's, it's thinking of yourself more than you actually are. Or less. Or less, true. Right, yeah. so one... Go ahead. Yeah, the imposter syndrome is that you're constantly thinking less of yourself than you actually are. 
And that the Ninkrigger effect is the opposite. You constantly think you are performing much better than you actually do. <laughs> right. So sometimes we're facing a crime that could be either one of these. Um, so Okay, hold on one second. Okay, now let's do another one. Now open your phone, you should see another survey on the screen. I'd like to know that. Which one that you experienced the most? How do you see yourself? We'll give it another 10 seconds. Okay, so I'm seeing neither imposter syndrome, sometimes both. Do you experience these before? And then how does that make you feel? Anybody want to share something here? Yes. And um, I, I, I think you experience them every day with every new book that you uh, take and start reading, with every conversation like we're having right now. Um, you're opening up new Pandora's boxes left and right and realizing how little you know, and then your uh, indifference in certain situations uh, and the lack of knowledge in those uh, basically makes you think that you know more than you probably do. So I think it's a combination of both that, that we encounter on a daily basis. Also, the other experience from my end, right? When we are coaching or working with the tough people, the 30% of people, Sometimes I used to think, what is that I am lagging? What I could do more? Yeah, my, my tendency is imposter syndrome. So I get caught up doing a lot of the Kruger things to overcompensate for my imposter syndrome. So a lot of my coaching sessions end up being taming and understanding better my, my uh, imposter syndrome. But it's actually a positive thing because it helps me actually always be in the student seat. So helping me understand that has been a really good thing. Yeah, even with all the experience that I have, I, anytime I start working with a new client, whether it's a coaching, like an individual client or an organization, I always feel like, oh, no, am I going to be able to do this? I'm not sure if I, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to find out I have no idea what to do. And But I'm used to it um, because every time I start, then it's like, oh, yeah, this is just like the last one. It's all the same. Um, so it doesn't matter how experienced you are. And I think the more experience you have, and the more expertise um, people think you have, the more you tend to go to imposter syndrome because it's like, yeah, they're going to all find out I'm a fraud. I don't really know all this stuff they think I know. 
Go ahead, Mark. Well, in my 20 years being a salesperson, it depends who I'm talking to. Sometimes you talk to people who need a lot of information, and sometimes you have people that really are more into uh, emotional connections. So kind of depends who I'm talking to. Okay, good. Um, so we talked a little bit about Shuhari, but that's not what the focus is. And the focus is Mushinzu. So we're gonna talk about something called Mushinzu, okay? Uh, in coaching, I think it's Mushinzu. The Mushinzu translate into the Mu means no. Uh, hin means guest. Shu means host. So the direct translation that means no guest, no host. Okay, so that's what that means. No guest, no host. So wait, 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 this, this, that sounds like, okay, hold on. I think we got something really wrong 20 years ago when we introduced um, Shuhari into Agile. Because Shuhari is hierarchy. I am Reith, I'm the master. You are Shu. Is some kind of hierarchy in Shuhari? Yes or no? I don't know. But we should actually talking about Mushinsu there because Mushinsu means there's no hierarchy. So I, I saw there's some Japanese company, they start doing these called tea ceremonies. So they have a tea, afternoon tea, and they sit on the floor, they serve in tea. And it's a Mushinsu tea. That means there's no CEOs, there's no rank, there's no hierarchy. Everybody here enjoys the tea. And we are all equal. That's where you get the best idea from. That's where you see the other person as a person. The person is not broken. Like we always in the coaching, they say the person has no problem. If you think he has a problem, you have a problem. Not the person has any problem. So it's, it's, it sounds like we should be doing Mushinsu. So no coaches, no coach, no hierarchies. So the coach welcomes the coachee with a pure and open heart. I know it's very hard to do. Okay, so Mushinsu actually from the Chado, which is Japanese tea ceremony. But that originally actually from Zen. So the concept of machines are actually from Zen. We kind of already talked a little bit about this. Should there be a host or guest in a coaching conversation? You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of great ideas about this one. Um, some saying, you know, the, the coach should be the guest. But the Mushinsu said there's no guest, there's no host. I don't know. So now, because the Mushinsu is actually coming from Zen, so we're gonna talk a little bit about Zen. We already kind of talked about the I Ching, which is very, very basic. Um, but now we're gonna talk about Zen. Zen is actually from India. Zen is from India, from the Buddhism. And then let's go to China 
and then from China to Japan, and now the whole world understand that what Zen is all about. Or we don't understand, but we think we understand. I don't know. Um, the, the Zen is from this person. Does anyone know the first Zen master in China? Actually, I think Sherry and Matt know because you receive a gift from me beginning of this year. <laughs> so it, the Zen is from this person, which is uh, Puri Dharma. I don't know if I pronounce correctly or not. If somebody know how to pronounce this, let me know. Bodhidharma. Okay. So you may not know this person or you never heard of this person, that's fine. But that picture on the right, you definitely know what that is. That's a Shaolin temple. These are the monks that can do the Kung Fu style, right? Everybody knows the Shaolin monk. You know, they do this incredible, incredible, you know, Kung Fu. Guess what? The first master or the first monk of the Shaolin temple is him. So he's not only the Zen master, he's a Kung Fu master. And they believe the best Kung Fu, you have to practice both. You know, actually Bruce Lee has a major in psychology when he was in college. <laughs> I just find it fascinating. Like, you know, it, it's, okay, so the coaching conversation versus Zen conversations. Now, about three or four years ago, I was lucky enough to be in a, a coaching mentoring group with Matt, and then our mentor is Michael Dilamada. And he introduced us to the coaching, and I was listening, I said, wait, Michael, that is Zen. And, and then, and then the more I dig into it, there is some kind of relationship there. Um, so can anyone tell me what a coaching conversation looks like? What does a coaching conversation looks like? The coach asks the right questions and uh, most of the time visions to the client. Okay, that's part of the conversation. Inquiring and reflecting. Like a tango, like a dance. Like a dance. Do you know actually Bruce Lee won a tango competition in Hong Kong before? <laughs> I think it's real. He, he actually know how to dance. <laughs> I, I like that one. Yes. So it's like a it's like a tango in between. But it was cha cha cha. Maybe it was tango. Ah yes, cha cha cha. Thanks, Matt. I feel like Andrew should be on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> so how how does a, a coaching conversation looks like or feel like? To me, it's partnership. Partnerships. 
What do you mean by that, Sherry? That there is that we're, we're equals. There's not one above the other, and we flow together. So we um, make decisions about where we go together. Yes. So now I'm going to introduce what the Zen conversation looks like. And you can see if I'm crazy or I'm actually in the wrong direction at all. I don't know. Okay. So th there are two conversations. So Zen, Zen involves a lot of conversation. Zen believes that is no lecturing. You cannot teach somebody Zen. Okay, there's no, there's some books you can read, but a lot of Zen is coming from the conversation. That's when I first heard about coaching, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a Zen conversation. Let me find out more. Okay, so Scott Su, who is a Zen master for Yin. Now, if you have any painting of Scott Su, you will, you don't have to work for the rest of your life. Um, you may not know what, who Scott Su is, but it's a, Chinese dish named after him. So next time you go to a real Chinese restaurant, they might serve in this called Tongpo pork. So this is a pork named after him. He's a very well-known person. Um, so Scott Su uh, about a thousand years ago. So he's, he was you know, someone very smart at his time. Um, so he and the four yin are friends. So they're friends and they, they live across the rivers from each other. Okay. Have anyone ever heard of these stories? Okay. Nope, not me. Okay. All right. So good. Okay. Um, so, so one day Sue was doing meditations. Okay. And then he felt inspired. So he wrote a poem about how he feel. And it sounds like this. I'm gonna say in Chinese. 即手天中天,好光吹大天,八风吹不动,端坐子今年。So that means that he bowed to the heavens. Okay. And I felt, he felt there was a light from me to the universe. Okay. And I heard sometimes you do meditation, you might experience something that you normally don't experience. Uh, the A wind cannot move me. I'm still sitting on my purple golden lotus. The, the, the purple golden lotus is some kind of, you know, pad that usually you see the monk, you know, standing or sitting on top of it. The A wind is the praise, the ridicule, insult, honor, gain, loss, suffer, pressure. So all these cannot move me. So basically he is trying to say he feel like he is God. Okay, he's sitting there, and then nothing move him. Okay, now, of course, he was pretty impressed by himself. So he sent somebody carry the poem to four in. Because they, they, they argue about each other all the time, right? So I feel great, I'm gonna send that to, you know, Matt. And then, the dead master for him who wrote just one word 
on a paper and had a person return to you know scar the suit. What do you think the four in wrote on that paper? Anyone want to take a guess? I guess my, my first question, is it one word in Chinese, which could be 15 words in English? <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually also one word in English, or two uh, words, yeah. Why? Why? Hmm. Anyone want to take a guess? Like you are the master, you are the damn master. What are you going to say to that person? Or you are a coach. Good. Good. Happy for you. Happy for you. Wow. No, it's about connection. It's something with love. It's something about love. Huh. Something about love. So Sue was expecting four inch compliment. Right, but when you saw the letter with just one word, he was shocked and angry. And then he rushed across the river, knocked on the door, and then demand for apologies. Now you're probably kind of thinking, "Oh, yeah, what does he wrote on that letter?" Right? He uh, want for him to explain, like, what do you mean? Maybe he wrote lie because I'm wondering, I mean, if he got shocked and angry, that's the opposite of what he actually said in his poem, that he couldn't be moved. <laughs> Did he write uh, fool? Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Scott uh, Seuss rush, go cross the river, knock on the door, saying, you better come out here and tell me what does that mean? The point did not answer the door. Instead, he put another point on the door. Okay, so he says, So he says, the A wing cannot move you. However, yet, just I just wrote father BS that just brought you across the river. So Skadasu is so proud of himself, saying like, I'm the master. And then Foyin says, bullshit. <laughs> Sherry, you're, you're muted. Oh, okay, sorry. So that's the conversation ends. Any questions? Yeah, what was the word he wrote on the paper? <laughs> oh, he says uh, far. Oh, oh, he, he okay. wrote both. He wrote BS. What did he? What did he write? He he wrote BS on the paper. So basically, he called him a liar <laughs> or a fool, <laughs> a lying fool. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you are full of it. That's what the damn master is saying. You're full of it. Uh, you're not even there. <laughs> Any question?
I have a question about your explanation of shuhari being sure. a hierarchy. Um, it might, you know, in what context would you say it's a hierarchy? Because as a coach, it's, um, I have used it a lot, especially when I'm trying to explain, um, or should I say help people in their, you know, agile journey. Okay, so, and um, in terms of all uh, maturity, so uh, I'm a little bit confused when you then say hierarchy because I, I don't see it as hierarchy between people. I see it as a way of working or helping people go through their journey. So Shu, you know, at the beginning, Re, um, and Ha, sort of intermediate, and Re, when you are then getting to that mastery level. Do you see what I mean? Yes, clear. Um, I think when we were talking about shuhari, that means there is a master and there is a state that you want to be. Of course, there is a learning, you know, kind of the journey that we experience. Now, instead of focus on the shuhari, the conversation between the coach and coachee should not have that kind of hierarchy. I'm thinking that it should be more like Mushinsu that we were talking about. So the shukari is the BS, right? It's the BS that moved him across the river. I, I'm not sure about that, um, but but it, 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 it's different. I should say it's different concept, different ideas. If you if we as a coach, we seeing ourselves. We in using the shuhari with our customers. Do we create the hierarchies there? If we using the mushinsu, would that be another approach? Yeah. Mark, go ahead, Mark. Well, shuhari is it's a different it's a different context. Shuhari is for me more in learning some expertise skills. And when we learn skills, such as Scrum, such as other uh, techniques or methods, and you're not experienced in it, then Shuhari comes in very, very handy. When it comes to mindset and coaching of mindset, then I would rather go like, uh, rather uh, go to Nishinzo. But it's a different context. So, um, that's it. We have Mary, who has her hand raised. Mary, did you have a um, question or comment? I already, I, I spoke just now about the shuhari. Okay. I spoke already. Yeah, thank you. Great. Okay. Hey, I'm Andrew, not, uh, can I turn ahead. for just a second? I love that I, um, Yes, I view shuhari, and I love see using it as that here's a progression of growth. And um, I love that you brought this up about the hierarchy, because I think what it creates is um, a hierarchy within the company. So people are striving to be at this higher realm and they can look at the others and say, well, I'm better than you. I'm stronger than you. I know more than you. Um, and I think it also does place the coach kind of at, at a hierarchical level because 
for the coach, if the coach is using it like I'm teaching you to become these things, then I must already be re. I must already be at that level, which means I'm beyond you. Um, so I've never, I've never looked at it that way before, and I appreciate that perspective. Hello, can I say something? Um, I really like what you just said, but I think it's all about the mindset. Because if as a coach you're using shuhari and looking at yourself as being, you know, um, a master and better, then you probably shouldn't even be a coach. Because as a coach, you are constantly learning. Everybody's constantly learning. And aside from agility itself in terms of looking at, you know, the agile journey, we could look at other people as being inferior in other aspects of our, of our work in terms of our expertise. So I don't think this is limited to just, you know, being a coach or looking at, you know, agile. So the mindset comes in a whole lot, if, if I'm making any sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, agree. And the context, and the context does matter for me. And I, I really wouldn't want to see it as, I find it very useful. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I find Shuhari very, very useful for myself and for the people I'm, I'm helping in terms of them setting milestones for themselves, not necessarily for comparison. Because we can also talk about velocity. When we say a team has a velocity of 70 and another one has a velocity of 90, does it mean the one with 90 is better? It's definitely not. So it comes down to the mindset and the context. Yeah, I agree. You provoked me to think about two things, Andrew. So hierarchy, if you look at Amy Edmondson, and her research on psychological safety and the biggest psychological research ever done, mined with 37 statistical methods, uh, the Aristotle project. It consistently showed that any time hierarchy showed up, psychological safety went down. And I'm not trumping psychological safety. I'm just saying that naturally, as, as humans, anytime there's hierarchy, we, we get defensive. And that would prevent that that coming one with the coach and that, that relationship at some level. And the other thing about your approach, you made me think, so to me, kind of the highest, purest level of coaching known that I know is perhaps uh, David Clarbuck and, and Peter Hawkins. So, so they're working on something called systemic eclectic system. And, and basically, that's, that's such a high-level purified coaching that they've gotten it to the point where uh, – the systemic eclectic basically purifies that relationship to the max. And what I'm hearing you doing is saying you're going even beyond that. You're reconfiguring that, that coaching coachy relationship, even, even beyond that um, level of, of connection. So, so you made me think about like the holonic thing of Orsk, right? There's something else out there. And then uh, you made me think about, uh, Tavistock, how, how there's a lot of subconscious. So, so, so in some level as coaches, we're still dabbling in the cerebral and conscious, and there's a lot more to explore there that is happening that is subconscious. And maybe changing that relationship and going beyond that relationship, we can get even, even further. But, but it also made me think like the COVID exposed that I'm not even the coach I was in real life because it exposed all these fears that made me fall apart as a coach in real life. So I'm thinking like, well, I'm so far from the Clutterbucks and David, 
and, and Andrew is going way above that. So I'm thinking, what kind of journey does one need to go to get to that level of Zen in order to be able to coach people? It, it blows my mind. I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. Um, so, so, I mean, we, we're just learning together. I, I, that's what we're trying to do. I think earlier this year, the, we have a friend, Ted Wallace, and then he asked us, like, what kind of book that you're going to be reading this year? And then, you know, people say, you know, turn the ship around, you know, all the kind of great books, you know, and then coaching, you know, the active, you know, coached all that book. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to the book that was, read, that was you know, written 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. I want to, you know, that's a lot of wisdom in, in where we're coming from. Uh, and then something later we're going to talk about what, I believe that we all are. So any other question about this topic that we just talked about? What are you going to do what? with it? What are you going to do with it on the practical side? Okay, so if there's no question, I will ask the question. <laughs> Has anybody heard of the something called 7%, 38%, 55% do? No. Okay, so this is, okay, first I need to clarify. All these rules, principle, these are just, you know, maybe like, you know, in, in the modern IT that we call it, you know, big data, okay. So like, you know, we all know Pareto rules, 80-20, right? It's big data, you know, based on my observation, 80%, 20%. So this is the same thing that's similar to that. These are not truths, okay? Not the truths, okay? Um, so this is about communication. So 7% related to the word that you use. Uh, 38 related to the tongue of voice and 55 related to the body language. Um, when we are face to face, um, then we, in a coaching conversation, you want to turn on the camera so I can see you. I can, I can, you know, a lot of time that's, you know, particular for me, somebody, you know, English is not my, you know, first language. You know, the, the, the word I pick might be very different than what you think I'm talking about. But if I'm smiling, I mean, I'm not yelling at you. So, you know, sometimes this helps. Okay, so, so, the Zen conversation is that if somebody can inspire me with just one sentence, would that be considered a coaching conversation? Like we just saw the examples, right? The Zen master just say one thing. Now, I'm pretty sure if I need a coaching session, I always need a coaching session if I ask Sharif for one right now, and I'm gonna say, oh, you know, I should, I need to, finish my ACC. <laughs> I need to finish my uh, CTC application. You know, I'm just so busy, all that. And guess what she's gonna tell me? BS. <laughs> right, right. She's just gonna say, that's, that's bullshit. I heard enough. What, like, like, right, so is that, is that a, a coaching conversation? I don't know. Or I could look at 
Andrew saying that when? Just tell me when. What do you think? Well, if it's internally, psychologically going to inspire you to change, I would say yes. Maybe you don't need to spend 20 or 30 minutes um, talking to someone. I think Amir is kind of breaking up there, but I think I got what. So I think earlier Amir was saying about lean. So this is very lean. This is like, I don't need 60 minutes. I don't need 20 minutes. I don't know. I think my this real is, question would be, what do you really want? Yeah. Andrew, this looks like inspiration. You know, if I could inspire you, uh, not inspiration, but influencing, it's I'm adding something from the outside that, that is going to have some kind of cause and effect. While, while as a coach, I'm looking for what's inside of you. So while it might be super effective to me, it still sounds like influencing. You're bringing your own brilliance, right? And you're letting your own brilliance reflect on the coaching. With coaching, if I'm a, if they're coachable and I'm coachable, right? The two coachabilities, I'm, I'm going inside and however much brilliance is inside that person, I'm going to co-create to find it. What if I say, you can do it? Will that inspire the person in just one sentence? I don't know, maybe, yes, no. What is your fear? Yeah, I think it depends on cognitive bias. Sometimes, no, you can't do it. It's going to inspire somebody. Thinking about what Matt said, I wonder if the real question would be just that right there, what's on the page. If I could inspire you with one sentence, what would it be? And let the client answer. Yeah, it could be like inspiration. Uh, it's perishable. So you uh, need me as long as uh, I need you. Great point. Wow. We have so many master in this. Okay, so the last one, or oh, we are kind of close to the end is, I don't think we're gonna do the breakout Zoom. I just want everybody to take a minute to think about what kind of coach you want to be, or what kind of coach are you? Well, take a minute and think about that. And then if you want to share, let's do that. Take a minute, think about that question.
We'll give it another 20 seconds. What kind of coach are you? Okay. One time I was thinking to have a meetup group with people just be in the meetup group, but no talking and just write your CTC applications. <laughs> or whatever you try to do, you never find the time to do it. Um, so who would like to share? So Andrew, the moment I say what kind of coach I am or like what kind of coach I want to be, if I delve too big into it, it will become like a limited belief. So in a way, I like the exercise of asking myself that, but I don't like putting it out there because it becomes like a label. It becomes like a limited belief and I, I put that box and I put myself in that box. So I want to be outside that box, whatever that box is. Wow, that's very deep. So my answer is, I don't know. Um, I don't think I have enough insight yet at this point in time in my career to be able to make that prediction. For me, I'd like to be a better coach tomorrow. I like that. I, I am a coach that is improving currently, and I would like to be a coach that continues to improve. Yeah, I, w I would actually agree with everything that's just been said. And um, the other thing I would like to add as well, that um, I'm a coach that can adjust um, to the situation. Um, but at the same time, knowing what my uh limitations are and also um growing as a coach as well everything that everything's just been said but um it's adjusting to that aware um that situational awareness um so it's not one size fits all go ahead mark i don't want to be a coach But if anyone comes up to me for help, I will try to help them as good as I can. Okay. Uh, so, uh, if I can go ahead next. Yes. Yeah, so uh, as Christine pointed out, I'd like to be a better coach with an eye, an eye on continuous improvement. Otherwise, I'm proactive, hardworking, sincere, but I need to get better in the area of mindset and behavioral coaching and that's my core competence in my current role but uh, i personally believe there is a lot of scope for improvement and I'm, uh, i need to get better in that very good um so i am a coach that currently what i would like to be or what i want i aspire to be is a coach that is a present and aware 
and I'm able to deliver what is needed at that present time. Cool. I think we are all great coach because we really enjoy the silence. <laughs> okay, so for this, I got the last slide here. So one thing I believe that we are all grandmasters. You know, there's nothing broken. We are all the master of the master. We are all equal. Um, if you need a coach, we have a lot of them here. Uh, I know Cherie is the master level. Uh, Cherie, are you the first in the HR community that? I am. As far as I know, I could be wrong, but to my knowledge, I'm the first master certified coach. That's also an adult coach. So proud of you. Wow. So proud of you. So, so we have a lot. Go ahead. Uh, the first I had a coaching session is Shuri. The first day, I was amazed with the conversation. She found out something about me that I was looking for that answer for a long, long, long time. And that day, I just knew she is the one. She's very exceptional. <laughs> one of very few exceptional coach. Very helpful. Thank you. We had you at home. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Um, we have a lot of great coach here. Um, I remember my session with Cherie. It's eye opening. It's it's like I say in the beginning. There's two most you know enjoyable moment of my careers. If you'd like to learn true scrums, well, you know who to ask. You can ask Mark. Um, if you have a question, please ask Matt. <laughs> Matt knows everything. Oh, stop it, man. I don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> okay, and then that, that's the end of our discussion today. Any other burning question that anyone can help to answer? Um, I just have a question for Sherry. Now that you've gone ahead and gotten your MCC, which, by the way, is pretty awesome, um, what's next on your agenda to, you know, because you give back to the Agile community so much, what's the next thing on your plate? Yeah, I'm actually um, in the field of coaching. Um, there's, um, there's mentoring, which is helping coaches get better at um, getting more competent at their coaching skills, which is a big part of what I do already. I do training and mentoring of coaches um, in the agile space to bring professional coaching into their world. And in coaching, there's also a separate discipline that's called supervision. And supervision isn't like you're my supervisor, you're my boss, you're over me. Supervision is a discipline that's well known in Europe, so in the European countries. So I'm sure many of you are aware of this, but in the US, not so well known. And basically, when you enter into a, a, a relationship with a supervisor, it's like entering into a relationship with a coach. And in essence, they're coaching you 
on your coaching relationship with your clients. So it helps you to take a deeper look at how you're interacting with your clients and the impact that you're having on them and the impact that they are having on you. So it's really looking deep into who you are as a coach and um, helping you to become a better coach and to not influence um, based on your own emotional states and things like that. And um, the reason I'm doing this is because um, I think this discipline is needed in the agile coaching space. So even if agile coaches are not professional coaches, I think that what I've witnessed is um, agile coaches, whether they're functioning like a professional coach or like a consultant, can have a big impact on the client and on the client's um, way of thinking. And um, sometimes that can be really harmful. Um, I've experienced way more, a lot more harmful than I would like to to see. So I'd like to have this discipline be introduced into the Agile space from Agile coaching supervision, which um, starts with um, professional coaching supervision. So um, yeah, that's what I'm working on now. So I'm hoping that by next year, um, that we'll be able to um, bring that discipline more public in the Agile space. And um, so this year, for the rest of this year, I'll be focusing on doing individual supervision of professional coaches and agile coaches, um, just like any other certification. You need a bunch of hours of actually doing it and being supervised and mentored yourself. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm up to. Thank you. That's, you know, again, I... I just look and you really inspire all of us to just what can we do to help make our agile community better? And I knew you were going to have something else that you've already figured out. So thank you for sharing that with us. You are welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you, Andrew, for um, presenting today. I will just show my screen really quickly just in case you're not sure where you are today, you're at the Agile Coaching, uh, or at the Coaching Tools and Tips Meetup, and this is presented by Tandem Coaching Academy, which is my, um, my coaching school. And our goal is to bring stuff to you to help you become a better coach, better Agile coach, better professional coach. And um, while we do have many um, paid educational and mentoring things, we also try to provide as many things free of cost or at low cost because my goal um, or the goal for our company is to get coach training and coach capabilities out into the agile space at a, at a price point that people can afford. So um, we try to do as many things as we can, just bringing the talent into you. So I thank you for joining today and um, hope that you'll tell others so that they can join. We always have really quality um, people presenting and an opportunity for you if you haven't already um, gotten your advanced CSM or your CSP Scrum Master. Um, we are this month with that coupon code. Um, you can get take 25% off of registration. And that course is self-paced. So you get in and you learn on, on doing your own time. So you learn, go practice with your teams, come submit um, write-ups of what you've done. And then so it's self-paced. You don't um, 
you can take as much time or as little time as you need. And we meet weekly in live mentoring sessions. So you bring your own stuff in and we talk through it with the group that's there. And it's been really fun learning with people from all over the world. So if you still are in need of doing that, you are welcome to use that discount code and um, get it even um, less expensive over the next month. So thank you for joining us for our session today. This is recorded and we will be posting it on the website. It usually takes a few weeks to cycle, so it may be a couple of weeks, but it can be found at that same link, Tandem Coaching. Just look under um, um, tandemcoaching.academy, look under resources, and you'll find this recording soon but you'll also find the recordings of previous meetups out there and our next meetup is going to be um in two weeks i believe let me grab my calendar really quickly yes it's in two weeks and it's going to be ted and keith wallace and you absolutely don't want to miss that um session it's called total brain coaching and ted and his his dad keith who have both um i've worked with both both of them they wrote a couple of books on coaching and they developed a new framework for coaching and um keith is a professor at a university and he teaches um coaching in the university and so this is a method that they um, developed and it's I'm really really excited and can't wait to hear that presentation so I want to invite you to join um, and we, we're glad to have you here this week and hope to see you next time we were